Hello, everyone. I have Richard Schwartz, <laughs> professor, at, well, was a professor at College of Staten Island, author of Vegan Revolution, Saving Our World, Revitalizing Judaism. Oh, there it is. Beautiful, beautiful cover, Richard. That's gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. And Judaism and veganism, Judaism and global survival. Whoa, just a beautiful. Wow, look at that. Gorgeous. And you're in the middle of, of finishing a book right away. You're 89. There's no slowing yeah. you, Richard. And I'm you're in the middle of finishing a book right now. Can you tell our listeners of what your book's about? Yeah, this is. Uh scheduled to be published uh, late summer, and it's a 20th anniversary edition of my book called Judaism and Global Survival. You can see these are two of the important things, Judaism and the idea, unfortunately, the world threatened as never before, so global survival is such uh, a super important issue today. Great. Yeah. You know, we are in a survival mode, and what I've discovered, you know, when so if we're talking spirituality, our children, our grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, <laughs> children come into the world knowing, as, as Gabriel says, children come into the world as these sparks of light, and we will enter the kingdom again as children. And I'm talking about Dr. Gabriel Cousins, Rabbi Cousins, a dear friend of both of ours, my, my teacher, my mentor, my guru. <laughs> and what he says is that if we're going to survive we need to live the way children do with such reverence and joy mm -hmm. so that's part of the spiritual message isn't it richard that we're all going to enter the kingdom as children again okay yeah well um unfortunately i'm now living in israel almost seven years i've been blessed in that time four grandchildren getting married so i now have 10 grandchildren and uh, six great-grandchildren and i'm so glad to be in this program because the key question is what kind of world are we leaving for young couples for future generations? So that's why it's so urgent and, and uh, kudos for what you're doing and the uh, million grandmothers, because if we don't have a vegan world, we're not gonna have much of a world at all. You know, it's uh, been warming up and it's projected to get far warmer. The climate, the uh, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is increasing the seas are rising the glaciers are melting and more and more frequent and uh, severe storms and uh, heat waves and droughts and uh, wildfires so this is the essential message this is it for you know we're either going to have a vegan world or a mainly destroyed world unfortunately well when silash was crunching numbers dr silash rao from climate healers as a systems analysis that you know the founder of the high speed internet so he knows he knows how to work with systems that at the rate we were wiping out ecodiversity wildlife we would be done by 2026 hence his message vegan world 2026 mm -hmm. and that's all doom and gloom but we do know that veganism is on the rise like it's never been I mean, veganism was coined in, I think, the 40s and 50s, and then it became more popularized maybe in the 70s, but it hardly grew in numbers. It was a very small group of people. Now we see veganism around every corner and restaurants and oh, yeah, yeah, social yeah. media. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. 
And especially the young people, thank God, that are becoming vegan, more women than men. And they think they're seeing the climate threats. They're seeing more and more how horribly animals are treated. There's always a health issue, et cetera. And there's also the important issue of the usage of resources because the animal-based diets are super wasteful of water, land, energy, other resources. So there's so, so many reasons to be to begin. And I've been, of course, pushing it. And by the way, one very important thing recently, because there's always one tough argument to answer, and that is, I know it's terrible for the animals, bad for my health, the environment, but what can I do? I just love the taste so much. But as you know, there's so many plant-based substitutes nowadays, and they say they have the appearance, texture, and taste so close to that of the uh, meat and other animal products, people can't tell the difference. So this is uh, my mission, I'm sure yours and uh, the grandmothers, to get this message out, and I'm pushing and running for rabbis, I'm working with my group Jewish Veg, and getting some newspaper ads out, and just getting the message out in every way possible. Well, thank you for your work, Richard, because I'm telling you, you know, you are known everywhere in our circles of veganism and you don't stop your advocacy work. You know, you, you, you contact people, you're very proactive at saying, Hey, can I speak? Can I share my message? Because there is a connection between spirituality and veganism. And once we go vegan, we start to settle down and our connection with creator, with God, with Yodhe Wodhe, you know, is our connection is in our silence, in our breath. And Gabriel says that eating meat is so stimulating and it's addictive and eating flesh and secretions. We know, you know, that casein morphine in, in dairy is incredibly addictive. It's made you know, for the calf to become very attached to its its mother, which they don't get to do because we take right, the right. can drink. So we know that when we get the flesh and secretions out of our diet and eggs, we become more quiet. So we're able to feel what we're here to do. We're able to feel into our mission. Did you find that, Richard, when you became mm -hmm. vegan, that you just were very much clearer on what you needed to do for the rest of your time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a great, uh, I feel much, much better physically, but also spiritually, knowing that this is the approach, this is the diet, this is what the diet God would want, because what wouldn't us want a diet that doesn't harm the animals? You know, it says in the book of Psalms that God's compassions over all his work. Jews, by the way, are supposed to be Rachmanim, B'nai Rachmanim, means compassionate children of compassionate ancestors. And God, of course, would want us to be healthy, to have the best diet. And the, the environment that is so, so threatened with climate change and deforestation, and you mentioned before the species disappearing, and the soils eroding and the uh, coral reefs are being bleached or destroyed. So it's definitely, there's a spiritual element. I argue in my books that there's six Jewish mandates and other religions, of course, have similar teaching. Six mandates that point to veganism, the ideal diet, to, to protect our health, to uh, conserve natural resources, be compassionate to animals, protect the environment, help hungry people, and seek and pursue peace. So these are things I try to spell out. 
And uh, I'm happy to debate any rabbi, anybody else, and most of them are just ducking the issue. But fortunately, by the way, uh, more and more rabbis are, and I'm sure other clergy as well, moving in that direction. Jewish veg, probably in a month or two, is coming out with a statement signed. Last I heard uh, by 150 rabbis, maybe closer to 200 by now. So as he said before, things are moving in our direction. Hopefully they'll be fast enough to avert a climate catastrophe. So as you say, leave a habitable, healthy, environmentally sustainable world for all future generations. Mm -hmm. And we still believe, right? We still are working towards that change. And I know that studying with, because um, I wasn't born uh, in the Judea Judaism um, religion, but studying with Gabriel, we I had a huge teaching in that area, and I know how important the rabbis are in their congregation and with their with their amongst their people. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of like when the grandmothers, when the grandmothers of the family, because the grandmothers are held in such high regards, go vegan, they bring the whole tribe along. They say, you know, I want my whole family to not have diabetes and all the diseases that come along with eating flesh mm -hmm. food. And so when the rabbis in their congregation go vegan, oh, you know, their, their, their people will, you know, follow. So it's a huge feat to, for, to bring rabbis on board, isn't it? Richard? Oh, absolutely. That's why I'm writing an article right now, how rabbis can help save the world. Because my 89 years, I've been in touch with many rabbis and I find super dedicated people and wanting, of course, Jews to live Jewish lives and do as many mitzvot uh, of the commandments as possible. But the animal-based diets and the animal-based agriculture violate the six mandates I mentioned before. Again, taking care of our health, feeding animals with compassion, protecting the environment, conserving natural resources, etc. So, uh, I mean, rabbis should be speaking out about that. And I'm going to, of course, very, very respectfully but a little bit aggressively try to really push that, that idea. And I'm part of a community called the Interfaith Vegan Coalition, which I know that you've spoke on, and they're also deeply connected with in defense of animals. And they are showing that in all of the teachings, in the biblical teachings and all the other teachings, it's the golden rule. It all comes back to the golden rule. Mm -hmm. right, right. It's all beings. And you know, Gabriel often says that people have really misunderstood the word dominion. He says in the, the Jewish understanding mm -hmm. of dominion, it means to caretake. To caretake. Yeah, right, to be stewards and whatever you want the animals. Responsible stewardship. By the way, the proof of that, which I try to emphasize, that's, of course, in the first chapter of Genesis in the Bible with the Hebrew Scriptures. And shortly after that, this chapter 1, again, of the Torah, verse 29, God's first dietary regiment was strictly vegan. So right away, that dominion is limited. And then in chapter 2, verse 15, it says, human being, the first human being, Adam, was put in the garden even to work the land, but also to guard it. So I try to put out where to be Shomri Hadamat, guardians of the earth, co-workers and partners with God in protecting the environment. So absolutely, 
that dominion and, and, and use examples of that you know it's like somebody has a really big garden but doesn't have the ability or time to take care of it you hire a gardener in effect you're giving that gardener dominion because he's going to do everything but of course that doesn't mean a cart blanche to destroy but to, to plant when needed to prune when needed to do everything possible and of course, as a grandmother or a mother, we know mother has dominion over the child, but there too wouldn't think of doing anything to harm the child. So there's many examples where dominion could be responsible guardianship, responsible stewardship. Thank you. And what is your role in your family as a grandfather with your grandchildren and veganism are are some of your family members vegan? Oh, yep, yep, absolutely. Wish not all of them because uh, it turns out, of course, I was like uh, I'm trying to think, wait a minute, uh, 43 or so before I became a vegetarian. So some of my children were initially uh, meat eaters and and all, but uh, I've got some grandchildren who are vegans. Uh, a and a daughter who was not just a vegan, but almost into uh, raw foods, uh, pretty much. But also, uh, hopefully, hopefully, they'll become more so. So Judaism, you know, the little bit I studied with Gabriel Cousins over a few years, it seems like the message is to live in joy. It's almost like it's almost like one of the speakings to not be depressed or give up hope. Mm -hmm. And so is tell us a little bit about your book. Tell us how it instills hope in our listeners and, and at the readers that will buy your book shortly, I hope. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to show the book again because um, what I'm doing, the issues are so, so important. No, that anybody, no, thank you. Anybody who contacts me, my email, and that's veggierich at gmail.com. That's V E G I E rich, you know, from Richard at gmail.com. And request that I'll be happy to send a PDF of that book. I want to get it to as many, many, many people as possible. Same with my book that's coming out later in the year, as I mentioned, the 20th anniversary edition of Judaism and Global Survival. And uh, it makes a strong, strong case that uh, God would want Jews to be vegans, that it certainly consists with Jewish values or religious values. I mean, uh, it, it says in the book of Proverbs that the righteous individual considers the life of his uh, animal. In Judaism, it says that a Jew should not sit down to his or her own meal before making sure if he has a pet, for example, that the pet is fed. And it's so important, it's part of the Ten Commandments, and that's uh, recited that Kiddush every uh, Shabbos morning, where it says that not only human beings are to rest on the Sabbath days, but the animals are as well. And one of the great Jewish commenters says that means they should be free to roam in the fields and enjoy the beauties of God's creation. And as you know, the realities for animals are so, so, so far from, from those teachings. So uh, uh, that is the reality. 
So it's bringing people back to the garden, literally your, your analogy of, you know, when we get, when we give somebody dominion over our garden. So we were basically have been given dominion over the garden and that we need to go back to eat just from the garden. That's it. Well, absolutely. Garden, orchards and, and let the animals be free, leave them, leave them do what they're here to do. Right. And actually, the, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Actually, the messianic period that Jews yearned for, it's like Garden of Eden, Gan Eden at the beginning, and, then, and there too, the animals were free and uh, there wasn't uh, killing. Then, according to Ralph Cook and other Jewish scholars, the messianic period will also be vegan. And he based that in the powerful prophecy of Isaiah who uh, said at the ideal time, a messianic period, the wolf will dwell with the lamb, lion will eat at the ox, and no one shall hurt nor destroy in all of God's holy mountain. So um, that is, we yearn for to get back to the garden in effect, as some have said, and uh, it should be a, a time of peace and justice and harmony and tolerance. I am so ready to live in a world where we're back to the garden. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, what you, Richard? Would you like to see that in your lifetime? Well, uh, we have to hope and pray for it every single day. That's like a Jewish uh, mandate. But you know what's interesting? In Judaism, they say one thing that'll help bring that is to start acting out the conditions of that ideal time. And since one of those conditions will be vegetarianism, even more so veganism, by uh, becoming vegan today, that will help us in that ideal time. <laughs> well, I used to uh, attend a church quite often called the Center for Spiritual Living. So it was non-denominational center of spiritual living. And we would end the prayer instead of with amen, we would end it with, and so it is. So that's what you're saying, live as if it is live mm -hmm. the way that you want to see the world. And then it goes back to the golden rule. The golden rule is powerful. I know Dr. Will Tuttle is writing a new book and it's really a lot on the golden rule. You know, his first book, mm -hmm. The World Peace Diet, which changed a lot of lives and oh, yeah. a lot of people vegan. And then the next is about that every message that we've been given is to live the golden rule. Oh, absolutely. And that's uh, in Judaism, right in the middle of the Torah in Rabbiticus, it says, uh, let's see, do unto others as you would have others do unto you, basically, and to love their neighbor as thyself. And, uh, and also, there's a Jewish teaching that somebody came to the uh, sage Hillel, sort of to mock him a little bit, and said, can you teach me all of Judaism while I'm standing on one leg? And Hillel answered, what you would not want done to you, do not do to your uh, fellow human being. All the rest is commentary. Now go out and study that commentary. And there's an indication that that person was so impressed by that answer that he converted and uh, instead of being a, a maka, became uh, a Jewish supporter. So what would you say to people that are deeply spiritual? They don't necessarily follow any, you know, religious teachings. I think the time for separation and religious teachings is, is long over. 
right? Isn't veganism a type of spiritual gathering in the truest sense of some sort? Because it seems like when I meet a vegan, we just understand each other on some level. Oh, I'd say absolutely, because it's certainly the most consistent with what God would want with the Jewish values, with values of all the religions. And uh, when you see how horribly animals are treated, you mentioned uh, a cow before dairy, but it's unbelievable that the dairy cows, as you know, is artificially impregnated every single year. And right. then right. just so that they can give milk. And of course, the industry wants to sell that milk. So they take the calves away maybe within a day or so. And, uh, you know, you have the mother and the cow, the baby, your calves separate a short distance. And for days and days, it's bellowing and, you know, they, they can see each other, but the mother can't uh, nurse and feel the baby and all. And of course, at the egg laying hatcheries, things are pretty bad too. The male calves, uh, the male chicks are killed right away because of course they can't lay eggs and they haven't been genetically programmed as the so-called burrows have been to have much flesh, so they kill right away. And then the hands are kept in such closed, kind, confined, uh, confined uh, compartments, they can't even raise a wing. And because of the frustration, they tend to peck at each other. And the industry, instead of saying, well, we've got to increase the cage, we've got to stop thwarting all with their natural instinct, what they do instead is in a very full process without any anesthetic, any painkiller, they de-beak the birds. So if they peck at others, it won't be as sharp and they won't hurt the other bird. So the whole animal industry is so horrible, so antithetical to religious values. So I agree with you that veganism is very close to spirituality. Yeah. Well, one more question on this, and then we're going to talk about what we what we imagine seeing that we can actually end our prayer with it. So it is. I would like you to dispel the myth of kosher, because I've seen kosher slaughterhouses, and they do not look very compassionate. Okay, well, especially nowadays, the idea of kosher or the kosher laws were to minimize pain that unlike in most slaughterhouses, it couldn't be somebody who was just an immigrant, couldn't get another job doing it. It had to be somebody who was pious, would say a special prayer. And, um, and all. But now it's mass production. So it's not uh, anything like where it should be. And the thing very important is that even if the slaughter was minimal, minimal, hardly with any pain, you cannot forget the months and months before that with the animals raised so cruelly on factory farms. So, um, as again, the idea of kashrut was meant to minimize pain, but uh, the ideal form of kashrut would really be veganism because that would minimize the pain. And a lot of people say, well, how can it be considered kosher if it violates all the mandates I mentioned before about compassion and uh, taking care of our health and protecting the environment, et cetera. So that's uh, part of an answer about kashrut or kosher laws. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for pronouncing it properly for me. So let's, let's leave our listeners with 
inspiration and possibilities. So give us some inspiration, Richard. <laughs> okay, well, the inspiration is that thankfully the young people are really speaking out more and more and that uh, the message is getting out there, thank God, because of programs like yours and many others, we're able to get the message out. And I'd like to urge everybody viewing this uh, wonderful program, and I thank you for the wonderful comments and questions, it's to approach the local rabbi, minister, priest, imam, and talk to others and all, because this is it. You know, the world is so threatened today by climate change. We've seen what is happening with the temperature increasing just 1.2 degrees Fahrenheit since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, projected to increase as much as three, four, five degrees. This summer here in Israel is projected that two or three times we may have three days or so with 100 degree Fahrenheit temperature. And we're seeing that happening already in many other places. So again, I urge people to make this your issue, especially if you have children, grandchildren. I know you would do anything for them to have a decent future. And the most important thing you can do is become a vegan, or at least greatly, greatly minimize your consumption of meat and other animal products. But <clears throat> more important, Get the word out as much as possible, write letters to the editor, speak to your local clergy, and uh, set up programs in your synagogues and other houses of worship. So <laughs> these are some things that you can do. And do as Jesus does, take it to the streets. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Richard, for your time and your work and your constant, constant mm -hmm. messaging to communities and your, your, your communities and even the community that you're in that you say is not vegan yet, but you never know. Eventually, mm -hmm. they might all turn vegan. So, right. Thank okay. you. Okay. Many, many thanks to you for having me on this and wish you much consent and success. And I hope you have. Many others, I'm sure, will also share this very important, powerful, holy message. Thank you, Richard. And I would love it if you wanted to end with a prayer. If I would do what? If oh, you would prayer. Like okay. prayer. Okay. okay. Well, uh, may it be God's will that we have a wonderful, peaceful, just, compassionate world where all the killing of animals and all the warfare ends and that uh, we'd be able along with this wonderful group uh, that Tammy represents the grandmothers leave a really healthy happy compassionate environmental sustainable world for all future generations <laughs>